was emotional. It's a very emotional sell for them. You know, it's a house that they lived in uh, with uh, with her partner uh, for a very long amount, a very long time. And you know, he recently passed away. So there's a lot of sentimental value for for her, for this for the seller. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode of Invest Like a Pro, we're joined by influential buyer's agent and investor Simon Liu, who has recently invested in not one but two lifestyle properties. Tune in as he reveals how he managed to buy one waterfront property off the back of another, insights into his marketing strategies, location and much, much more. In a previous episode, Lou and I discussed his newest venture in the property world. Having achieved an impressive $200,000 of passive income from his investment portfolio, he was ready to try something a little riskier, something like investing in lifestyle properties. So it got to a point where yeah, I decided to, uh, to pursue a long-term dream of mine which is to buy waterfront uh, houses uh, and in the sa- at the same time, you know, enable me to treat it as uh, as an investment as well, uh, as well as a, a personal sort of usage type property, if that makes sense, <laughs> like for me and my family to use as well. Lou bought his first lifestyle property on the waterfront of Lake Macquarie but the deal was barely done before he dove straight into a second property. I'm a firm believer of you got you, you to gotta take the opportunities as they come. You know, like it's, uh, look, I mean, I, I, my whole thing, whether I'm a buyer's agent buying for clients, whether I'm buying for myself, you have to get a good deal. And good deals don't happen consistently. You know, like it, it could happen like very close together. And if they're good enough, you just have to do whatever it takes to make it happen. If, if you can, obviously, within financial means and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when the first one, we're furnishing the first one, we bought it, you know, it's just settled, we're putting it together and then this second house sort of just popped up, uh, which wasn't that far away from the first one. Um, and by then, I've sort of established a lot of contacts in terms of like, you know, people around me, uh, 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 cleaners and, and things like that that you need, uh, obviously, to run an Airbnb. So I thought, you know, having a property near that area where you can kind of consolidate all that as well uh, would make it a lot easier from an owning perspective. Um, but I guess the, probably the most important factor was simply the, the price. You know, it always comes down to price. So as soon as this second property popped up, um, we, you know, I, I kind of noticed that it, the price was uh, extremely affordable. Um, it was a it was a sale. Uh, from a seller that uh, had uh, had their spouse recently pass away, so it was a very emotionally charged uh, sale. And by no means did I did you know take advantage of this seller or anything like that. But they had a set price in their mind that they just wanted that price, and they wanted someone that could uh, complete the deal without stuffing around again like the first one that I bought. You know they they didn't want to stuff around on the finance or. Or, or building and pest issues or whatever it might be. The, the house is immaculate. You know, it was very, very well presented. Um, you know, recent, only recently renovated and, you know, it looked great. We did a building and pest and nothing came up. So, you know, but this was uh, within a period that I pretty much couldn't go back anyway uh, in terms of like uh, the uh, the contract. 
So, yeah, you know, we saw it. it's on the water as well. Um, it's got its own jetty, um, you know, those, that kind of lifestyle X factor uh, elements that, that I look for, that, that, that appeal to people where they're going on holidays. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we just picked it up and, and we're in the, uh, in the throes of getting that set up at the moment as well. So, Did that property cost similar amount to what you purchased in the first one and did you come from your own research or did an agent, uh, I guess, reach out and share that one with you? Part of the process of me finding that first property was that I was already very deep into the market. You know, so I knew a lot of agents, I knew the areas very well. Um, I, I, you know, was a bit, even then actively looking at new listings coming coming online. So, you know, it's kind of like when, you, when you've got your eye and your mind set on a particular type of property, you know, when it comes up, you, you know, and you've done so many months of just research and, you know, looking at properties that didn't make the cut, um, when the right one comes along, you, you pretty much immediately know. You know, it's like, it's, you know, obviously you have to do your due diligence, you have to go up and research and, and you have to go up and inspect it and, you know, find out what the price is and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as something that fits your criteria comes up and you know that it, it, it has that potential, that's when you need to think to yourself, okay, you know, you either do it or you don't, you know, you have to move quickly. So at that point in time, you know, um, I, I was in a situation where I could make it happen again uh, fairly quickly. Um, so I just went for it, you know, and look, I mean, the, the, the first property that we bought on, uh, which, uh, the first Airbnb that we bought, they, you know, I, I managed to, to, to purchase that property without the property, even going to one open inspection, uh, because the seller was again, distressed for that one. Like I discussed in the last episode, it was a, a, a pilot that recently got made redundant. Um, but for this particular property, um, the second one, the the seller still wanted to do one open inspection, even though I already put in a very favorable offer prior to that open. So that in the back of my mind, that told me, okay, you know, it, it, it's probably going to be dead in the water because as soon as people rock up and see this particular property for the price that it's selling for, um, it's going to go for a much higher price. You know, so I, I kind of tell, didn't hold my breath. So I was just kind of, you know, um, uh, thinking, oh, you know, I'm probably going to miss out on it because uh, because it's going to go for a price that's 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 a little bit too high. Uh, but interestingly, we, you know, on I mean, I inspected it on the weekday, and then on the Saturday, I went back for the ma- for the main open inspection because I just wanted to. I didn't want to see the house. I just wanted to see the people that were there. And lo and behold, it was smashed with people. You know, lots of couples and retirees and young families and things like that looking at the property. You know, the agent was swamped, you know, with people wanting to make offers and things like that. I was just hanging around outside and, um, uh, you know, with my family as well. At the time, I I was actually uh, still um, uh, doing a few little minor touches to the first Airbnb. So we were in the area anyway. So I had my family with me and my kid. And what what I actually didn't know at the time was the, the seller was actually sitting outside of the house uh, in, in her car, uh, kind of just inspe- looking at the type of people going in. Now, bearing in mind that this, this seller was wanting to sell this, like it was emotional. It's a very emotional sale for them. You know, it's a house that they lived in, uh, with, uh, with her partner, uh, for a very long amount, a uh, very long time. And, you know, he recently passed away. So there's a lot of sentimental value for, for her 
for this for the seller. So she must have saw me and my family just hanging outside and um I think I think in her mind, well, what the selling agent was telling me was in her mind she was kind of looking for the right person or the right vendor, uh, sorry, the right the right buyer to kind of pass the property down to, if that makes sense. So she kind of saw a family, you know, little my my little boy running around and stuff, really enjoying, you know, the certain elements of the property. Um, and I think that's actually what got me the deal in the end because the agent called me up the following day and said, look, you know, we've had so many offers. There's even a few offers that are looking to, uh, that are, that are going to come in. And even she said that there were probably going to be higher offers than your one. But, you know, the, the, uh, the seller was actually sitting outside. He was, she was just looking at all the people that were coming through and, you know, she, she mentioned you and your family in particular, um, and thought that, oh, you know, how nice would it be for, for, for them to, uh, to to buy this property and and have it as like a holiday home and you know to enjoy the property like she had enjoyed it with her partner so you know sometimes it's just just a very you know i think there's a lot of people that when they think they sell sellers are selling property it's all about oh you know getting highest price you know it's not like that at all like sometimes it can just you know it can either be distressed like i always talk about or it could be a property where the seller is selling for a reason that's completely devoid of getting a highest price at all. You know, it could be just the fact that they they have so much emotional attachment to a property that they just want to make sure they're selling to someone that's that's going to to treat it well. So, look, I mean, in saying that, you know, obviously my intention is to Airbnb it out, but I did say in my previous episode that. You know, I will be staying there with my family as well. You know, that's the whole reason why I'm buying these, or I'm, tr- I'm 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 looking at buying these waterfront houses, so that it's yes, it's a mix of me being able to rent it out and produce an income from an investment perspective, but on the days that they're vacant, you know, we'll be enjoying it as a as a holiday home. You know, me and my family will be going up, we'll be kayaking, we'll be fishing, we'll be doing all that kind of stuff. So, so I think um I think it kind of worked out for everyone in the end. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it was, although it was very close together in terms of two pretty big purchases, you know, waterfront properties in New South Wales are not cheap. Um, but you know, like it's just through years of experience of buying properties and, and knowing what to look for and knowing how, how it all works, you know, kind of gives you the confidence to just make decisions on the fly, if that makes sense. And to be kind of just confident enough to go for it. They are a huge commitment for you. You know, there's a high price point compared to the average property prices. Would you say, you know, normally we purchase between between 300, anywhere up to say 600, 700,000 um, <laughs> under market value as well too. So, this, this, I guess for you is the equivalent of like, what, four or five properties? <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit more but <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about those specifics. <laughs> but look, I mean, you know, it's... It, it, that's that's what I'm saying all along. You know, like it's it's not something that I would have done at the start of my uh, property investment journey. You know, you have to develop that initial. You know, like when I first started, I was buying. I couldn't even even afford four hundred thousand, three four hundred thousand dollars houses. But you kind of have to buy the right types of properties. Like I always talk about. You know, every property you buy needs to lead to the next one. You know, because you can get the equity out with the cash flow and all that kind of stuff. And once you've got an established portfolio. It might take you five or 10 years or 15 years. You know, that's when, you know, we all dream of having passive income. We all dream of having financial freedom. But what does that actually mean? You know, it doesn't mean that you just sit at home and, 
have all this money coming in, it means that you can actually use that and enjoy what you always wanted to do. And, you know, I guess, you know, these two properties that we've I've bought recently has, is kind of like a result or maybe somewhat like a reward of, of building that initial portfolio where I've got that passive income coming in. Um, and it's kind of just enjoying the fruits of my labor to some degree. So, you know, but it, it turns out that it could also be a business, uh, 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 an investment itself as well. So, you know, it's, it's a good mix of the both. Coming up after the break, Lou reveals what attracted him to the property. It was priced well, you know, definitely below market value based on comparables. Um, and it, it just kind of ticked a lot of those boxes. We discussed the difference in mindset and strategy when investing in lifestyle properties. And you kind of drill down on every single little cost um, to go into the house to renovate it or to fix it up or maintenance or property management expenses and things like that. Lou shares insights into marketing your Airbnb property to ensure consistent bookings. You know, when people go to stay anywhere in a hotel, Airbnb or, you know, in a resort, almost the first thing they judge when they walk through the door is if it's dirty or not. And that's after the break. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress, off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415-626-342 and quote Property Investory. Next up, Lou shares with us the particulars of this property that he purchased from how many bedrooms to bathrooms and even the backyard size. Well, it's pretty much done already. You know, so it's a four bedroom, uh, it's a single story house. Uh, it's on the water, it's got a massive frontage. I forgot the meters, it's got to be at least, uh, you know, 20 or 30 meter frontage. Um, uh, no, probably even wider, much wider than actually, probably 35 or meters or something like that. And this is waterfront frontage. So it's, um, it, it was one of the appeals, uh, one of the things that appealed to me uh, for this particular house. The other thing that appealed to me was it wasn't on a massive slope. You know, a lot of waterfront properties start at the top of a hill and they kind of slope down like with a lot of stairs down to the water. So this was pretty much right on the water level. You know, so it's it had an amazing landscaped yard, you know, with a fire pit and all these kind of things. Um, the house itself was like a, a four bedroom house, a um, couple of bathrooms, you know, standard standard house. It, the house itself wasn't massive, but it was it was a, a good sort of cozy layout. Um, and, you know, it was very nicely renovated, you know, timber. There's a lot of timber decking around it. Just a really nice place to be. And that's that's what people are looking for when they're looking to stay somewhere. They're looking for somewhere cozy. They're looking for somewhere, you know, comfortable. They're looking for somewhere nice. Um, it doesn't need to be flashy. It doesn't need to be like, you know, palatial. Uh, it just needs to have that sort of family-friendly feel. You know where kids can run around and you know 
you know, adults can barbecue and relax outside on the water, go kayaking, all that kind of stuff. Like this was what I was thinking. Um, so no, it was, you know, like it, it's in a suburb that's, uh, that's, uh, I would say is up and coming, you know, it's on, it's, uh, it's, you know, Lake Macquarie, there's massive, a lot of suburbs around there, obviously. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, it, it was priced well, you know, definitely below market value based on comparables. Um, and it, it just kind of ticked a lot of those boxes. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great, great property. Lou recently completed the refurbishment of the first lifestyle property he bought. So what is his plans for this one? We are not getting an interior designer for this one. Uh, we kind of already know, you know, just based on the experience on the first one on what to do already. Um, you know, we, we, it's it's a property that lends itself uh, that, uh, that can be styled very similarly to the first one. So we're going to be going with the same theme, probably even the same bits of furniture, to be honest. Um, so we already know where, the, where where to buy them. So it's going to make it a lot easier, but still is going to be a lot of legwork in terms of, you know, purchasing and deliveries and putting the furniture together and all that kind of stuff. So... You know, but it's 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 also a little bit bit of fun. You know, for me personally, I, I find it I don't I don't find it a massive chore. Um, but yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a bit of work involved. <laughs> Interior design isn't the only work to be done. Marketing your property is key to maintaining consistent bookings throughout the year. How does Lou make his stand out amongst the crowd? I think that it's tried and tested. You know, it's, you just have to go into Airbnb and see what's doing well and what isn't. And the ones that don't do well are the ones that are not presented properly or not marketed properly. I think that's just the bottom line. And the ones that do do well are the ones that, you know, have professional photos. You know, the, the furniture, it all matches. You know, they're properties with, with an X factor. Um, you know, they're properties that people see themselves staying in from a holiday perspective. So once you see that, you kind of just work backwards from there and, and think, okay, you know, I want to do the same thing. I want to I want to be at that at that at the level of Airbnb where there's just consistent bookings. You know, it's going to be booked out for for weeks or months on end. And what what are they doing to achieve that? So you know, I, you know, when I looked at it, they, they had Instagram pages. You know, they had professional photos. The interiors were designed and properly put together. You know, there were properties that 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 um, were probably at the higher end of wherever you're looking at. And when I say higher end, it doesn't need to be super expensive. You know, like, you know, I, I bought in Lake and Corrie, which is probably, you know, the waterfront houses, they're, they're not cheap, but you can get away with, you know, buying properties in other areas that aren't necessarily, um, you know, super, super expensive uh, to create that similar outcome. You know, if you go on Airbnb now, there are plenty of like studio uh, or, or one bedroom, you know, two bedroom little little cottages, you know, out in the bush somewhere. But it's just it's just gained such a following that they're commanding great, you know, sil- I want to say silly, but you know, a very very healthy return. Uh, and they're the ones that are decked out properly. They're the ones that have that kind of feel, like that sort of holiday feel to it. So look, I'm not a hospitality expert by any means, but I think a lot of this stuff has just come from. Um, common sense and also what's what's working out there 
Um, and, uh, and look, I mean, so far it's working quite well. So. Definitely. I mean, it, it's really interesting to see because as you said, you just basically followed what's working, a, a proven formula. So, if you have a look at other people, what they're doing, following what they're kind of presenting online and, and following their kind of strategy, it, it's pretty much like saying, okay, let's just follow someone else's blueprint and, and it's no different to like, you know, property investing. It's no different to seeing and speaking to successful investors and learning from them and then applying the same strategy as what they've been doing as well too. The only difference is that it'll be a different, you know, asset in the end of the day but the end goal is going to be ultimately the same. I mentioned before that buying these sort of uh, lifestyle properties, probably 50% investment, 50% personal enjoyment, personal use. And I think what's really helped me in this in this whole process is that I didn't take it too seriously. You know, like when you buy an investment property, you take it seriously because it's all numbers based. So when you buy a property, you you, you kind of try and work out a timeline that the property is going to be rented as soon as possible, and you kind of drill down on every single little cost um, to go into the house to renovate it or to fix it up or maintenance or property management expenses and things like that, which is which is fair. You know, you're treating it as a business. But for these properties, naturally the process of buying, the process of uh, furnishing, the process of, you know, getting the ad up, all the little touches of, you know, the blurb and, you know, setting up, setting up, you know, marketing streams and things like that for the property is going to take a lot of time. And during that time, you know, even though it was like a couple of weeks before it was it was it was ready, so to speak, you know, it was it was a it was a time where I actually enjoyed the properties myself, you know. So it wasn't it wasn't like oh I'm sitting here sweating that it's not rented this this coming weekend or anything like that. So again, you know, I drill down on this point for every for all the listeners out there. Um, don't do these risky or these emotional investments until you have that initial uh, portfolio of properties that's 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 doing what 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 they're supposed to be doing like generating that passive income because it could have gone the other way for me you know or for anyone else buying these you know spending a, a significant amount of money buying these lifestyle properties and it what it doesn't rent out or maybe the government suddenly says yep you know we've had covid cases uh, in Lake Macquarie so you can't go in or out you know so Exactly, like those lockdowns that, that, that happened all of last, you know, last year. So you kind of need to just, you know, expect the worst and be able to deal with it. You know, it's not like, you know, assume the worst position and make sure that if you were there, it's not going to affect you mentally and financially. Uh, so not affect you, like not affect you financially. Obviously, it's going to affect you if it's not put out, but, you know, not to the point where, um, you're, you're really going to be sweating. So, so that's that. That I think helped a lot. So, talking about mitigation, um, yeah, you, you've done quite a lot of that. What have you also planned for, say, the next eleven months? Because you said most of it's been booked out already for the first one for January, which is fantastic. <laughs> what What's your strategy or your plan then for the rest of eleven months? Because we're going to experience some up and downs, and I'm pretty sure I'll be bringing you back on to talk a little bit about it down the track. I don't know what's going to happen in the next eleven months. I think I'm just going to play it out. Um, in terms of like my personal property investment journey, um, you know, if these go well, I'll obviously be looking to add more on. Um, you know, in, in other parts of, uh, of of New South Wales or even Australia. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's 
you know, a lot of people get into development projects, a lot of people get into commercial projects, a lot of people get into all sorts of different things, you know, with property investment. Um, and for me, I think I'm, I'm getting into this is because I'm, I'm just drawn to it. You know, I'm interested in it. I have a passion for it. So that enables me to, it just, it just makes it a lot easier. Um, and it also makes it a lot more enjoyable. So I think for the next 11 months, whatever I'm going to be doing, whether it's development or commercial or even more Airbnbs, I think it will be based on, um, you know, obviously it needs to make investment sense first and foremost, but, you know, I am at a point in my property investment journey that I can, you know, also, um, I guess, indulge in, in, in projects that are, are also, uh, you know, something that, that that really interests me as well. What I really like about what you've just shared with us as well too, is, um, the good thing is that you're actually enjoying and experiencing the property. So, therefore, whatever you put into the property comes from you guys enjoying because I'm pretty sure there are other families who will also be looking for those things and usually what I find and I've gone to some Airbnbs, I feel like as though there's a few little niggly things missing and I can tell that the owner actually hasn't ever been living there. They've actually just been doing it as an investment property. Whereas in your case, you've been actually living there. You probably know, you know after a few times of actually going out to the you know, uh, wharf and so forth um, that there's certain things that you need to take out with you and then when you come back that there's certain things that you need and that probably also makes it a little bit more homely as well too and, and creating that kind of lifestyle because sometimes I, I want to just go to a property as though it feels like it's home and even though it's only a holiday, I want to have all the things there that are available to me and that's what I think makes say for example, an Airbnb very, very special because when there are hosts and owners who actually really do take that extra effort to provide the extra amenities, the things that they think, oh, there's little little things that would make the biggest difference, turns that whole experience around and that encourages more and more people to one, recommend but also two, to want to come back and, and use it over and over again and that's, I guess, you know, the, the powerful thing about what you're doing because you're, you're showing and sharing it through your own personal experience. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to look at, you know, what what you what will you enjoy? You know, if you go to stay a place, what do you expect? What would you enjoy? You expect cleanliness, you expect, um, you know, good amenities. You, you don't expect like, you know, um, things to be skimped on. Um, it's not worth skimping on the small stuff. And this goes with any property investment. You know, don't worry about the small stuff. Don't try and cut unnecessary corners. Um, especially if the overall overall portfolio or property or the overall project is already quite a costly exercise because it's really these little things that will make all the difference. Uh, you know, like one of the main, like talking from an Airbnb perspective, professional photos. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people take photos on their, you know, um, on their camera phone and it, it just it just doesn't look as good as as it could. And that's basically what people judge on. You know, they go into Airbnb, they look at the pictures before they book, right? They don't actually go to the property to do an inspection. So, you know, that kind of stuff is super, super important. Um, and so just in short, like cleanliness is a huge thing. You know, when people go to stay anywhere in a hotel, Airbnb or, you know, in a resort, almost the first thing they judge when they walk through the door is if it's dirty or not. So, you know, don't skimp on the cleaner. <laughs> You know, don't don't find like the the cheapest cleaning in, in the area. You know, like with Airbnb, the, the 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 guests actually pay for cleaning anyway. But um, but yeah, just do things properly is what I'm trying to say. You know, don't uh, you know, there's no need to to cut corners. Otherwise, it's just going to be more costly for you in the long run. 
Thank you to buyer's agent Simon Liu, our guest on this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Simon to offer a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help you put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342 and quote, property investory.